Hello, and welcome to the Hacker Noon podcast. I am David Smook, the CEO of Hacker Noon, and today um, my colleague, the Chief Product Officer of Hacker Noon, Dane Lyons, is joining us to discuss some interesting internet news. What's up, Dane? Oh, uh, not too much. Uh, so what, what just happened to the internet? Uh, did, did our president just sign an executive order that forces social media to be his personal megaphone? And so some background there. Uh, he released a video and hasn't released the whole order yet, but is attacking Section 230 um, of the of a, a, a Communications Act. And I'm going to read a, a section here from the EFF website so we can have some uh, context of what this is. Section 230 says that no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. And then this is EF. In other words, online interme intermediaries that host or republish speech are protected against a range of laws that might otherwise be used to hold them legally responsible for what others say and do. The protected intermediaries include not only regular internet service providers, ISPs, but also a range of interactive computer service providers, including basically any online services that publishes third-party content. Though there are important exceptions for certain criminal and intellectual property-based claims, CDA 230 creates a broad protection that has allowed innovative and free speech online to flourish. So that's what it is, and that's what he's threatening to attack. And now why? What did, backing up, what did Twitter do? Uh, they wrote, get the facts about mail-in ballots and below two Trump tweets and linked to more information about mail-in ballots by other users and including their own tweet that had something called a civic integrity policy. Um, so yeah, they linked to that related content. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, I'm actually in favor of the Twitter's uh, fact-checking solution. It's, it's actually a decent uh, way to solve the problem. It allows Twitter to, to not really play the role of content police. Um, it, it allows people to be free to say what they want, and it, it just adds a little annotation uh, that fact-checks what they said. Um, you know, fact-checking, it, it's not censoring or editing what users are saying, even if, if people say something if, if people say like a blatant lie it, it's 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 just an attempt to make more people aware of uh, misinformation on social media and this shouldn't be politically motivated one way or another it's just transparent it's just a transparency tool that prevents abuse it's as simple as that i also like that the approach doesn't edit or censor the content itself um, as a social media platform, uh, there's this phrase has been flying around of, are they an arbiter of truth? Um, and it frames, you know, what content it should be linked to next. So I, I, I also like uh, the approach versus saying, hey, we're going to edit or delete content, you know, saying, hey, like there's content that where does information hit misinformation? If it's anywhere close to misinformation, do you delete it? No, like you don't, that, that would be a, a much more aggressive uh, approach, but it really does open a whole can of worms because what percentage of tweets aren't facts and what percentage of tweets are misinformation? And like, there's gonna be, if there, 
it's interesting to launch a feature by putting it on one user and seeing what happens. But they just did that. And if they do it platform wide, there's going to be a lot of these uh, links everywhere of uh, saying uh, fact checking and linking to related content. Yeah, I, I just don't really understand how they're supposed to play both sides. Like, how do you pr provide a, a platform that allows free speech, but then be liable for the things that people say? Like, it, it just seems like this insane world that we're creating that is, uh, it, it's just impossible to build a, like a publishing platform or like a social media platform in, the, in that world. I don't, I don't know who would go and invest a boatload of cash to, to do that um, in this world. It's funny to think about why, which users are you liable for? Like if mm -hmm. someone live streams a murder on Facebook, is Facebook liable, you know, for the murder? Uh, is, is Twitter liable for Trump? If Trump creates a World War III by tweeting something so catastrophic, can they right. sue him for creating a damaging economic environment via their platform? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's uh, at the time of speaking, you know, we haven't heard exactly what the order is. So there's some ambiguity there. I'm, I'm, cause internet law will evolve. And this uh, 230 clause is very important. But there's also, there's many other laws that could happen. Facing back in reality, the head of the FCC, so this is what he said about uh, this morning about Trump. He said, this does not work. Social media can be frustrated, but in an, ex an executive order that would turn the Federal Communications Commission into the president's speech police is not the answer. It's time for those in Washington to speak up for the First Amendment. History won't be kind to silence. Boom. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So wh wh what does Twitter do here? Do, do, they, do they now ban Trump and, and uh, to try to avoid that liability? Or how do they deal with the situation? There was a great uh, article on Forbes. Um, it just basically said Trump and Twitter both need each other. It's like a bad marriage they can't get out of because mm. Trump needs the audience distribution and Twitter needs the traffic. So this thing has just been boiling because lots of people think they should have banned him for breaking their terms of service earlier. And, you know, the bullying and other stuff that he's done before with Twitter um, that other users have done too. But myself in these times of free speech debate, I often think, what, what does the uh, ALCU think about this? And um, they had some pretty solid burns today that I'm going to read to you. Much as he might wish otherwise, Donald Trump is not the president of Twitter. This order would be a blatant and unconstitutional threat to punish social media companies that displease the president. The president has no authority to rewrite a congressional stature with an executive order imposing a flawed interpretation of Section 230. Section 230 incentivizes platform to host all sorts of content without fear of being held liable. It enables speech, not censorship. Ironically, Trump is a big beneficiary of Section 230 if platforms were not immune under the law, they would not risk the legal viability that comes with hosting Trump's lies, defamation, and threats. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that we like uh, risk not having like like a free and fair election with, without this thing, because now, if um, say say if uh, tr Twitter and Facebook and and YouTube now ban Trump, um, I, I think that that that's. Uh, I think that's actually damaging to, to our democracy in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's really all these candidates should be there. And if the companies can't take on the liability of this, um, 
you know, hosting the, the, the free speech discussion and just discussion in general. Um, it's, uh, but it is, all this is a real testament to how important social networks have become. I mean, you look at the, how effective Facebook advertising was for Trump in 2016. He spent mm-hmm. less money than Hillary Clinton and did a better job like his right. team. So, and now here we are leading up to the uh, 2020 election. And now we're all ready getting a lot of social media framing about how this should be perceived and who's doing what. And it's, uh, it's not a great time to be alive, I guess. You think you get access to all this information, you know more. And that like logic to me makes a lot of sense, but now there's more information available and it, it, it gets more, more tools to manipulate it. And it's mm-hmm. like, what is truth? Like maybe the fly knows better than the human. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a major task to, to try, try to decipher what's true and what's not true. And, and that, that's why I, I like the, the Twitter solution so much. Like it's, I mean, I guess you could argue that that uh, I mean that they have a like a political agenda in in choosing which pieces of content to annotate um, with their information. But still, like it 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 is kind of like a check and a checks and balances system in a way. Providing context around content is part of the the job of the the platform. So, what mm-hmm. time was it published? Who published it? And then, what related content should you read? Uh, and in this case, they're saying that the related content should be that maybe this is, you should get facts elsewhere about this. So, right. I don't know what Trump's going to do next. I, I'm looking forward to reading the, the wording of what the order actually is and then how the FCC and the Senate and Congress uh, comply or do not comply in order to make a better internet. Yeah, I, I just don't see how this is possibly making a better internet. I mean, maybe like 2.30 is not, um, I don't know, maybe it wasn't written the way that it should be written and maybe maybe that needs to be revised or something like that. And, and this could be an opportunity to do that. But based on what I'm hearing, I don't think this is making a more free internet. Yeah, because it, it sounds like he's he's saying that this fact-checking thing is editing content and censoring content. And if it, it seems like he just wants to control the social networks and that is uh, frightening. Yeah, it, it does. It does feel like like a very authoritarian thing, which I, I, I don't think that's going to result in, in free speech. What do you think the um, Internet's going to do in response? I, I mean, the Internet has to fight back if if um, I mean, if, if our free speech is being taken away and if um, if, if suddenly uh, nobody's incentivized to go and, and start a, a social platform because because of the liability. I mean, if you have to get some kind of crazy liability insurance to even enter the game at, at this point, that, that's, that's not, a, that's not a, a level playing field. And that so. would make uh, the incumbents more powerful, ironically. If, if, if competitors can't emerge, to, if Mastodon can't emerge to Twitter because the cost to start doing it is so high that now only the ones that exist are going to have, you know, they're going to have the whole audience and people can't share audience anymore. It's really going to be negative for innovation. Yeah, and, and if if they're the only, if they're the the source of truth, that that's that's always a potential risk. There should be there should be more publishers out there, not not fewer. Yeah, and if if this barrier makes it harder to create competitors, now it centralizes the discussion to Twitter. It actually helps their share price, and it gives Trump more share of voice within the platform that has more share of voice of the whole internet.
which yep. would be a, a, a dark path. Yep, exactly. So anyway, uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time today. We kind of want to just do a short thing. If you like these uh, short discussions about what's going on on the web, uh, we'll do more of them and we'll get more from the community. I guess my lasting thought is just um, protect the internet, man. <laughs> don't let this fuck it up. <laughs> that's, that's great. Well, we'll, we'll see you on the internet, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Later. <laughs>